Hi friends, Nairi here. Gather round and listen up. Let's talk before the show. Friends, this work is my passion, and it's picking up. Not just this podcast, but also articles, streams, podcast appearances, consults on documentaries, major progress on my manuscripts, and it merits my full attention. Thanks to you, it's now my full-time job, and I'd like to keep it that way. Here's why. Piecemeal freelance work is unpredictable and infrequent, and book royalties ebb, as they have been recently. That's where you come in. Every little bit that you support here helps support me and keep me working for you. Your support does more than just keep me housed and keep the lights on. It also lets me make appearances at conventions, like I did recently at the Western Pennsylvania Furry Weekend, and it lets me invest in research materials, like the copy of Sources of Japanese Tradition, Volume 2, that I recently acquired for Friday Night History. So, if you enjoy my work, sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings, or subscribe at twitch.tv slash riversidewings. In a time when historical awareness is vitally critical to issues of current events, civic engagement, and more, your support will help me bring my professional training, plus my passion as someone who started out in fandom before academe to the masses. So even as we read the novels, watch the movies, play the games, let's round out our appreciation of the real people, ideas, events, and more that go into making them. History is funnier, messier, stranger, more interconnected, and yes, gayer than you might have thought. So gather round. Let's explore and enjoy it together. Thanks again for your support. I love you all. Thank you for being the wind beneath my wings. This week on Friday Night History, reviewing A Samurai in the Vatican. This episode of Friday Night History was recorded before a live Twitch audience at twitch.tv slash riversidewings. To support this podcast, you can subscribe there to catch future recording sessions, gaming streams, and more. Please also consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash riversidewings. Your support makes all of this possible. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Season 2, Episode 9, Number 42, Reviewing a Samurai in the Vatican. It isn't every week that there's a new documentary that falls not only squarely within my professional purview, but also squarely within my hometown ties. But, well, that's what happened this week, so I'd be remiss if I didn't take the time this week to consider that. It kind of came out of nowhere, but I made a point of watching it on PBS as soon as I read the blurb. Quote, In 1613, feudal lord Date Masamune sent a Japanese diplomatic mission to Europe to negotiate with the Pope and the King of Spain in hopes of opening a new trade route. Led by samurai Hasekura Tsunenaga and Franciscan monk Luis Sotelo, this expedition spent seven years traveling one-third of the globe. End quote. And now, having seen it, I have some thoughts that I want to share with you all. Should you be interested in watching it too? 
Ergo, this is episode 42, reviewing A Samurai in the Vatican, which is itself season 19, episode 5 of the PBS series Secrets of the Dead, Unearthing History. This episode of Secrets of the Dead focuses broadly on the 17th century Hasekura mission, which was a diplomatic overture by Date Masamune who sought to get not only trade with the Spanish Empire, but also the resultant military aid to support a potential bid for usurping rulership of Japan from a still new and unsteady Tokugawa shogunate. Remember, this is just before the siege of Osaka. The documentary does this by leading from the Spanish perspective, following a modern Spaniard who is a professor of Asian studies, Jesus San Bernardino Coronel of the University of Sevilla. As a college student, San Bernardino had heard a story from his professor of geography about samurai who traveled up the Guadalquivir River there in Spain. That was the beginning of San Bernardino's lifelong curiosity into Japanese history in general and the Hasakura mission in particular. This professor's name, Juan Manuel Suarez Japón, or at least his surname, Japón, will be recognizable to anyone who has some awareness of the Hasakura mission's details. This geography professor was, indeed, one of the people from the area around the town of Correa del Rio, who traced their ancestry to around six Japanese emissaries under Hasekura's command, who stayed there at the mission's end. And so the story begins from there. We follow San Bernardino around the world on the trail of the Hasekura mission, which did leave a paper trail on three continents. Much of, much of which remains understudied or unstudied. He not only tours different archives and historic venues in Spain, but also visits Mexico, then called New Spain, as well as Italy and the Vatican. And yes, yes indeed, his travels take him to Miyagi Prefecture, where he visits Mount Alba and the Sendai City Museum, before going to Tsukinoura in nearby Ishinomaki on the far side of Sendai Bay, to visit the replica of San Juan Batista, the Japanese-built galleon that carried the Hasekura mission across the Pacific. This documentary does a lot that's right. It takes us to the places where the big events happened. It features clips that attempt to reenact key moments from the lives of three key figures in the story, Date Masamune, Hasekura Tsunenaga, and Luis Sotelo, as pertaining to this mission. It mentions things I wasn't entirely aware of myself, like the political machinations by senior imperial officials both in the Spanish Empire and in the Spanish Metropole alike, which ultimately doomed the delegation to failure almost from the beginning. The 3D animations, including those that reconstruct Sendai Castle, as it would have been in 1613, were stunning and dead on. I gasped aloud when they came on screen, because it's been a while since I've poured over the plans, and I wasn't expecting to see them replicated like this. And we also see life in modern Correa del Rio, and meet several members of the extended Japón family, who are, indeed, descendants of the handful of Date retainers. A Spanish scholar named Ángel Luis Schlatter Navarro is interviewed briefly on camera and mentions his estimate of their number being around six. But this documentary is not without its problems. 
There are some errors of detail, for instance. San Juan Batista was built at Tsukinoura, not in Sendai. And Luis Sotelo, as an outsider, not only to Sendai Domain, but to Japan itself, wouldn't have been allowed to visit the brand new Sendai Castle, as the documentary claims. But those are relatively minor, and I can see how they'd have been the result of people who aren't specialists trying to put together an introduction like this and do it within the constraints of time. But there are some more substantive issues I have with this documentary, like the Spanish scholar's unchallenged claim that Hasekura's conversion was genuine. They seem to entirely miss the notion in Japan of a dichotomy between tatemae, public face, and honne, true motive. Is there a possibility that Hasekura converted out of a genuine desire to embrace Christianity? Sure. But we have to understand that plenty of Japanese people of the samurai caste converted in the interest of improving trade and diplomatic relations with Europeans, and that doesn't automatically mean they were genuinely invested in Christian doctrine and cosmology. And what's more, Hasekura and his small delegation were far from home and had to use every means at their disposal to get the king of Spain to take them seriously and treat them as even remotely resembling equals. As the delegation's leader, Hasekura converting and receiving baptism went a long way toward that, so I really don't think we can jump to conclusions about his personal sentiments. But that's not all. The documentary focuses a little too strongly on the Spanish perspective to the minimization of the modern Japanese POV, which is kind of strange given that the Japan Foundation was one of the funders of this documentary, mind you, and the credits include people from NHK, Nihon Hoso Kyokai, the Japanese public broadcaster. So it's not that there wasn't any Japanese involvement in the production, but the documentary veers a little bit into apologia for the Spanish Empire's activities in the Americas. Most notably, just before the closing beat, San Bernardino says, quote, I don't think that the Spanish missed the boat on globalization. On the contrary, I think they fought for it. The fact of fighting to prevent the opening of a new front, make it into the Pacific front, to keep the Dutch and British from attacking the Spanish territories on the Pacific is exactly what allowed Spain to keep its American territories. They were preserved for three centuries to such a point that the Spanish language and Spanish civilization thrived there. And that's why there's now a Hispanic civilization and that Spanish is the second most spoken indigenous language in the world. They didn't lose globalization, they won it. End quote. I trust, gentle readers and listeners, that you can see the problem here. This is a curious way on San Bernardino's part of speaking of Spanish imperialism in the Americas, to say nothing of Dutch and British. While modern globalization and historic empires are not unrelated, they are not the same thing. Should we really be celebrating the primacy of Spanish language and Spanish civilization in the Americas as a victory? Why, even a cursory glance at the history of the indigenous peoples of the Americas can tell us the cost they paid in blood for the primacy of the Spanish language and civilization that San Bernardino speaks of with such praise here. This is ironic given that earlier in the documentary, San Bernardino explains that part of why King Philip rejected Date Masamune's overtures for trade and relations was that it risked enriching New Spain and fueling a potential movement for independence there. One wonders what might have been had things gone the other way and had that happened. What would both sides of the Pacific have looked like in the decades that followed? So, long story short, I did enjoy A Samurai in the Vatican. I definitely did.
I think it will be a good introduction to this subject and to the complex internationalist mentalities behind what Date Masamune was cultivating as contingency plans in an era where the Tokugawa shogunate's power was not solidified and there was still a strong possibility that it might fall apart entirely. Does it have its flaws and would I have done it differently? Yes and yes. But I understand that beyond a certain point, there's going to have to be a simplification of a subject as complex in order to fit into a format like this inside of one hour and aimed at an audience with zero prior experience whatsoever. That being said, surely we can introduce the topic without veering, as this seemed to do, into apologia for the Spanish Empire and fundamental misunderstanding of operative assumptions of religiosity on the part of someone in Hasekura's position. And with that caveat stated, if you get a chance, please do see it. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian. Our theme is Bugle Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work, sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings, or subscribe at twitch.tv slash riversidewings and catch gaming, historical banter, and episode recordings. You can find my audio fiction and other short work for sale at riversidewings.itch.io and check out my novel at bit.ly slash ebook. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Dance and the Gods, Part 2. One little shrine, one big clan, and how this particular flavor of Kagura spread around the old Sendai domain. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around.